Hello, this is Matt Kennedy from Pod Sequentialism with Matt Kennedy. I just wanted to point out that um, we are not always in control of the advertisers on the show, and unless you hear us do a live read, it's not a direct endorsement. Uh, that said, I did want to apologize for any of you that had to endure a Donald Trump for President campaign ad that entered the program last week. When we found out about it, we had it removed, and uh, you are now safe to listen to the rest of the program. Hi, true believers. This is Stan Lee, and I want to be sure to see you at my Los Angeles Super Comic Con on October. October 28th to 30th, and be sure to use code MELTDOWN for 12% off your tickets. Excelsior! Hello, this is Matt Kennedy from Pod Sequentialism with Matt Kennedy, and we have another giveaway. So if you go to the Meltdown Comics website, which is meltcomics.com, and you uh, subscribe to their newsletter, you can be entered into a contest to win tickets for the Guillermo del Toro 35mm film screening program at LACMA. You've heard us talk about the At Home with Monsters show on the program, and this is the film program that goes with it. So if you go and find the screening that you want to see, whether it's the October 21st Chrono screening or the Pan's Labyrinth October 28th screening and then there's other uh, screenings of things like Bride of Frankenstein and the two Hellboy movies Pacific Rim, Crimson Peak and um, other amazing things that he's programmed Um, you just need to put a link to it on your Facebook page um, and take a screen grab and post it over with us on Pod Sequentialism as well and uh, see if we can't get you some awesome tickets Hello, you can tell from that entry music that this is Pod Sequentialism with Matt Kennedy. I am your host, Matt Kennedy. And today I have as a very special guest another podcaster from the Meltdown Network, Mr. Jeffrey Golden. Hey! How's it going? Thanks and for having me. Absolutely. We've been talking about this for a while. And so um, what I thought would be nice is to delve into the many things that you do, but of course you do two packs a week. This is very true on and, the Meltdown Network. And he's brought some packs. We're not We're not going to blow the lead. We're going to make you wait for this. He brought some <laughs> packs he's going to open. So I'm going to bring some of that pack magic over to uh, Pod Sequentialism. And we're also going to talk about Devastator Press and an event that we have uh, planned at uh, La Luz de Jesus. Because as you know, I run La Luz de Jesus Gallery. It is a, a co-sponsor of the podcast along with Meltdown Comics and Collectibles and the Pop Sequentialism Traveling Exhibitions and Show. And I want to remind people that they can buy all all kinds of amazing pod sequentialism merchandise via our um, our partnership. And um, who do we use? Uh, tea Spring. What is it? Tea it's um, what are you talking about? those t shirts. T public. T E E public. T public. So um, you can get shirts, you can get a, probably coffee mugs in the whole nine yards, but you can also go to pop. That's with a P, sequentialism.com, and you can buy a signed copy of my Pop Sequentialism catalog. There's not that many left anymore. You clarified and, Pop with a P. Do people spell it like think it's Bop Sequentialism? Well, because or? the the podcast is Pod Sequentialism. Right. So instead of a D, it's a P. Oh, because I, I was thinking that for, for, for some reason that didn't occur to me, and I thought you were talking about the first letter. Of the words, you're talking about like pop as opposed, you know, it's supposed to stop or drop sequentialism or whatever. I wasn't thinking about the second piece. What's man. funny though is that I actually, when I when I copywritten, when I copywrote, when I trademarked, um, pod pop sequentialism. I also grabbed pulp sequentialism <laughs> to do um, a whole a book on detective comics, and you know, throughout the ages. But it's so hard to get a hold of that artwork, and it's it's there's not as specific a um, criteria for certain pages being worth more than others, even when it's the same writers and artists. So I kind of lost interest in pursuing that, even though I still 
own, I think, the URL. Did they upsell you on that while you were on the copyright website? They were no. like, hey, you want to also, you know, copyright a copyright two and you get a third free? Or I don't something? think they do that, but that would be great. Can you imagine <laughs> how many, like, if it was automated and you were, like, copywriting a comic book title and it was like, oh, if you like Pencil Man, maybe you'll, like, you know, not Pencil Man. <laughs> I almost said something which I shouldn't have said, which would have gotten us an E. So um, I, I stay. Oh yeah, we got to watch that. out for that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I, we got E's on my show. Yeah. On two packs, it's all E's it's all, all the e. way down. Ah. So you have to be on your best behavior. You got to be on the PG. All right, I'll try. I'll put this tie on, on this. here. Uh, and um, of course, after the Alexi Wasser one, I think we could probably get away with anything. And that was an amazing show. I loved that show. Thank you, Mason. She's fantastic. If you're not listening to to her and her her many podcasts and uh, checking out her YouTube channel, Alexi Wasser's In Bed with Alexi, and um, I'm Boy Crazy, and um, all the great things that she's doing. She started another show on Nerdist. Um, Check her show out. She's amazing. Love Alexi. Alexi. So um, let's get into this. So um, how did you wind up doing this? Yes. Doing which? Well, any. I mean, how'd you wind (laughs) up, first of all, doing the podcast? Well, let's, all right, yeah, let's start with two packs a week. Um, well, when I was a kid, uh, I loved trading cards. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those hobbies where uh, they sure do collect really fast. They sure do accumulate. In what was your, your first bedroom. pack? Oh, probably it was some pack of baseball cards. I remember yeah. in the early days, I really liked baseball cards, even though I did not like baseball. I was not into the sport, but I loved the cards. Yeah. And I had a collection of a Nolan Ryan cards. That was my, like... He, he was, was your guy. He's he was collected. my guy. He, again, probably never actually watched Nolan Ryan play baseball. Something about his look, his name... The Astros. Yeah. Like, I think they just like the Astros. Well, he was also already in the Guinness Book of World Records at that point, too. So there's a little... Right. He, was, he was a famous guy, may arguably the most famous pitcher of the 1970s. But I'm going to say a name I don't think I've even spoken out loud in maybe 25 years. Really? So I had a friend. His name was Brian Stoughton. And uh, he moved on uh, the block that I grew up on um, when the rest of us had known each other our whole lives. We were probably like 10 or 11. And he collected Pete Rose cards. And I thought it was strange because we were in Massachusetts. And so it was weird to me that someone would collect a player <laughs> that wasn't a Boston Red Sox. Well, my favorite I collected um, after baseball. I, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. And I sort Hockey. of moved into uh, Mike Bossy. Mike Bossy. <laughs> I think of when I think of uh, when I think of Buffalo, I always think of the classic Bills. So I always think of yeah. you know your Jim Kelly, your Andre Reed, Thurman Thomas. But it, we were definitely a football town. But for yeah. some reason, I loved basketball cards. Basketball was the first sport that I really like got into and was actually watching in the '90s when it was super hot. It yeah. was everybody was watching basketball. And uh, I remember I had a collection of uh, Larry Johnson cards. Again, I don't know why. '92 I, and above, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So that's upper deck. I remember yeah, that. Yep. Yeah. He was the second round draft pick. You know who was first? Was it Alonzo Mourning? <laughs> Al- Alonzo might have been third. I think it was Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah, he was. I yeah. love Dikembe. Yeah. There's a great, there's a game you can play that Old Spice released. I don't know if you've seen it. But Old Spice the deodorant? The Old Spice the deodorant or, or released, the... A, released a web game called Dikembe Mutombo Saves the World. It's, oh, it's wow. a lot of fun. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Oh, that's right. He started doing ads for them a while back. Yeah, he's one of their guys. Wow, I guess basketball and perspiration it's a good fit <laughs> goes together yeah um there's also i mean in that era you talk about not now i have to chime in because i'm pretty sure the first 
pack of cards I ever bought were kiss cards. Yeah. And um Hell and yeah. baseball came later and, and I became a an avid deep baseball card collector. Actually sold my card collection to the guy that owned the shop that Gaston and I both worked at. And um and he was a big Boston sports fan too, so I, I found him like a Larry Bird game jersey. He didn't choose to buy it, but he was he wanted to know if they were out there and if he could afford one and that type of thing. That's and so cool. I was bringing boxes of Opeachy cards from Boston <laughs> to LA where they were super exotic, whereas in Boston no one cared about Opeachy. We wanted the regular tops. Right. But like for your hockey and even some of the basketball stuff and some some cards for um for baseball, like the um 1981 Fleer um, cards for um, Danny Ainge. It's a baseball card. Is his rookie card because he went to the Celtics a year and a half later. So there's a one-year gap before he gets his own basketball card. And he was, of course, a much better basketball player than right. a baseball player. But um, I think for some reason that that year, and Opeachy had done Topps cards. That was kind of the company whose stuff they did. I think they used the same photograph that Danny Ainge is on in the Fleer set because that's the only card he had. He's not in the top set or the Donra set. He's only on that Fleer card. Oh, crazy. Yeah. That um, That is an Opeachy card. I could be wrong, but I, <laughs> I, I seem to remember that. And then, of course, when I was first collecting basketball cards, there's that 1979 set which is Larry Bird, Great. Magic Johnson. Great, yeah. You know. I may have, I may have had uh, some of these those cards. Yeah. To, I certainly had Larry Bird and Magic Johnson cards. I had those minis, collected. though, they were like they were broken up. You could fit three on one card, and they were perforated. Right. So finding right. the mint is really difficult because kids seeing perforation would fold them and break them off instead Absolutely. of keeping them as one card. They were hard. I was pretty meticulous. I had a lot of folders, plat those plastic yeah. folders, the, the sleeves, the, the binders. Sleeves. Binders, bind. I had binders of women. Binders, binders, of binders, binders of, full of, of Charlie's cards. Angels cards. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so when when I was a kid, and then I moved into, uh, I started playing uh, role playing game cards. I started doing like Magic the Gathering. Oh, and you are so much younger than me. And You're those so things. much younger than me. A little bit, maybe a little. Because I'm like little role playing game cards. I'm like, where did you get? Oh yeah, that's I was in my twenties. <laughs> um, so so this was so when I came out to L.A., you know, I I, I started uh, pursuing comedy, and mm-hmm. um, I had this idea just last year. I was just like hey like what if we what if i open up like really shitty old uh trading cards we just earned with our comedians? e we just earned our e oh no oh, go back now, and now no it. it's fine now now all hell breaks Beep loose. It. Beep I, can't, it. I can't task mason with editing this show what, what no. kind of budget do you think we have you could be beep it Someone oh beeps it oh the hell with it so the um <laughs> So what, say what you just said again. Oh, I was just gonna say, what if uh, it's just, it's a show where I open up uh, lame trading cards with comedians. Ah. So uh, so we open up just ridiculous, weird retro cards and we make mm-hmm. fun of them. And I have a lot of comedy friends through my work. Are there like Henny Youngman cards? Are there like decks of Henny Youngman cards? <laughs> Each one has an amazing Henny Youngman, you know, one liner. <laughs> Take my wife, please. Probably there probably are Henny Youngman cards. We open. There are. Um, this is one that I have. We haven't opened them yet, but there's like TV sitcom like trading cards so there, mm. there's a bunch of them we opened ALF cards yeah. uh, we opened uh, see Mr. Robot a couple weeks ago 
I have didn't know the Alf episode. There's an Alf episode of Mr. Oh, Robot. Oh yeah, it shot. It has a laugh track. It shot like an '80s um, sitcom. Is it's Alf, amazing. Is Alf in it? Alf is in it. Oh man. Yeah. Damn. It's, it's crazy good. I love that. Yeah. Well, there's also you know I remember too like Happy Days cards were a thing in the I '70s. I have that. I have a pack of yeah. Happy Days cards. That blue for sure. border. Yeah, those are coming. Yeah. Those those we're we're gonna do. We're gonna do those. Yeah. The the fun of the show is just like. Because you don't know what you're going to get. So that's, mm-hmm. like, the fun of it is just, like, seeing, like, what is this? Like, what, you know, what weird bit of pop culture ephemera have I, like, you know, landed in, uh, landed into this week with a guest? And they're mm-hmm. always, you know, they're people from The Daily Show and, yeah. and The Onion. It's a really cool crew. Oh, right on. Cool guests. The Onion. The Onion. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, they're amazing. Oh, going back to the days of The Onion when it was just a publication. I was in the newspaper. Yeah. I was actually in one. Yeah. The uh, a friend of mine worked as a as an intern, and I went to visit him at the offices. Mm-hmm. And a guy was like, "Hey, can I take your picture?" And I didn't like really think that through, but they were like, "I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead." They took my picture at the office, and then a week later, uh, the issue of the the of the Onion came out, and it was uh, the headline was. I can beat the price you're paying for sperm. And it's a picture of me. I believe my name, the name they gave me was Donnie Hume or something like that. And he was like trying to trying to sell you on his sperm and why his sperm is the good value for the dollar. And I just remember like I got so many calls and people just being like, oh, my God, you know, you're in the onions. Like, yeah, I know you're you're like the hundredth person to call me. Thank you. Um, I remember having a conversation with Tom Frank once about. Santa Claus DMs, and he'd never heard that term before. And it was like, if you played role-playing games, you played Dungeons & Dragons, and you had a Dungeon Master, the DM. And I I was complaining about when you were in one campaign with, like, your regular friends, and then you change schools... Right. And then you have other kids that were also into, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and so you try and play a game and, and you realize that they're not going to be the good dungeon master. If you look around the room <laughs> and you don't see a dungeon master, you are the dungeon master. <laughs> so I realized that whoever they had used before as their game master was just, he was Santa Claus. Right. Like they could get a plus three sword for beating an orc. You know, they had all this equipment. I'm like, wait a minute, let me see your rosters here. Let me see your equipment. And so I would just put those guys through Tomb of Horrors and they would die. <laughs> they have to start fresh with me again. And um, and so I used that expression, Santa Claus DMs, and Tom Frank was was fascinated with it. And he wrote some, he pitched some headline for, for The Onion that had Santa Claus DMs in it. And I think that one got used. And then we had another conversation about, um, you know, G- Gary Gygax declares himself, God grants himself one million hit points or something like that. I think that made it in two. So I was sort of tangentially connected to those. And um, also tangentially connected to the Jesus Christ Joins the NBA one, which was somebody else who wrote that in this conversation I had with somebody in Chicago. But um, I remember seeing that, and I was like, I think I, I think I just pitched this. Like, I think I'm the guy who wrote this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's now they're, now they're like a huge media empire. It's pretty well, crazy. Well, they're owned by, uh, was it Univision, I think, bought uh, oh, wow. The Onion? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I have... I still don't understand that. They say it's because they want to attract youths, but it just seems like a really weird match to me. Yeah. I don't know. But we had uh, we've had two onion writers on uh, two packs, uh, Mike Levine and mm-hmm. and uh, Alex Fuhrer, and uh, both of them also write for my publishing company, The Devastator. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the guests on the show are people who are also authors for my small press. So uh, you know, it's it's 
what do we say? The um, the nepotism train is is alive and running <laughs> in this in this network. Well, that's the the idea of the show. I think what's what's fun about the show is like the thing I I it for me it like harkens back to is just like hanging out with friends and like opening these packs and like trading the packs or like mm. playing with the cards, you know. And that's why I try to to bring on people who I'm friends with, you know, because it's like oh, you want that like kind of camaraderie like yeah. you want that kind of fun of of just like hey we're hanging out on a sunday yeah. opening up some trading cards like let's let's goof around very and cool see what we get so one of my favorite things going back to the early 90s was when we were on melrose we were selling marvel superheroes cards yeah at wacko oh yeah and um for some reason they were at soap plant they weren't at wacko so we had them at at soap plant in the bookstore and we didn't have them up in the gallery but i was still occasionally working downstairs and we would buy packs, and we would open them up, and we would play each character based on their power level. Great. And we would play war. <laughs> so, you know, it'd be like W-A-R spells, and then I turn over Thanos, and you turn over, you know, I don't know, Miss Marvel or something. Right, you and, look at their power levels. Yeah, right. I win, so we scoop them up. That's a great idea. So we would, we would event, and we just keep buying packs of cards, never really even caring that, that that was not their purpose because we gave them new purpose. That's and that's awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Later they would make a game called Overpower, mm-hmm. and that was basically the. It was sort of like that mixed with like Magic the Gathering, but yeah. for Marvel superheroes. So yeah. you, you would have like four heroes. You put them mm-hmm. out, and they had like power levels, and you yeah. fight them against each other. So you have four other heroes that's that the cool. other player has. Yeah. But that's cool. I like that use of. Uh, that's a an inventive use of those cards. <laughs> yeah. We do on two packs. We have a thing called pack attack Mm -hmm. and uh, that i do with my friend uh, asterios kokonos longtime writing partner who Mm -hmm. is a regular on the show and we'll make up a card game with two with cards from two different uh trading card Mm -hmm. card games so you know we'll take magic the gathering and austin powers trading cards and like mix them together and then like try to play a game based on that now it's a shame it's really a shame because baseball cards and playing cards are not the same size, right? Uh, they're they're pretty similar, I think. Then how come you've never played Uno with Magic the Gathering? Oh, interesting. Draw five wild card. <laughs> you know, it's like he has to give you f- four of his cards. The, are the lands the numbers? or the, the you, What do you use? For the numbers, you use the different... Uh... I don't think you can use the Uno cards as land. I think you can only use them as weapons or as direction. So if you if you oh, wait, have a card you and you've saying, got like ones, are you saying play Uno with Magic the Gathering cards? Or are you saying play Magic the Gathering with Uno cards? Well, it's it's a mix of the two. So you, you <laughs> okay. play Magic the Gathering, but okay. you have half of your deck as Magic the Gathering and half of your deck as Uno. Okay, great. And so, so what, if you get so, one, it can be like you can add like a life point or something. That'd be good. Oh, or that's you, cool. You can choose to add a life point or subtract a life point from your opponent. And if it's like a crazy card, like um, Reverse Direction, it's like oh my turn again. So it's kind of like you know untapping the assassin or something. I, I'm. I love a new that. game no, just off, lo- off the top of my head here. I, I love, love that. We should be playing that right now. I, I love know. that. I love that game. The um, Yeah, or maybe you could take, cast them as creatures. So it would be like, you know, if you have a three or whatever, that's a three-three creature that you can use to attack. Maybe. Yeah. Listen, yeah. It's, it's our game. We can make up the rules. We can do rules. whatever we want, right? We can do whatever we want. We could, play, we could put the cards on a Pachisi board and, and you know, raise <laughs> the devil because we could just fling, only the devil plays Pachisi. We could just fling the cards at each other until <laughs> one of us is stuck. That's sort of the end of that's the end of every Uno game I've ever played is a stack of Uno Mom. cards flying across the table. Mom, <laughs> Uno and bruising, as we used to call it at home. 
Uno and bruising. And with that, we're going to take our first commercial break because you too can reach this prime demographic of listenership and advertising. And you can do so by sending an email to me at um, info at pop with a P, sequentialism.com. Or um, join us on Facebook. There's a pop sequentialism Facebook. There's a Twitter. There's um, an Instagram. Most of it is pop sec. So P O P S E Q. Or you can just type in pop our pod, sorry, pod sec, our pod sequentials. I'm confusing myself on, <laughs> on all the media. And um, so with that, we also want to remind you that um, I have a gift for people. We have a raffle. We have a raffle. And we're going to be giving away two tickets for LACMA's Guillermo del Toro at Home with Monsters exhibition. And that's for November. So what you want to do is you want to subscribe to Meltdown's newsletter. And you also want to subscribe to Pod Sequentialism on iTunes. And we're going to make you earn this. You can't lie to us. So you have to take a picture of your screen cap when you subscribe to our our podcast on iTunes and we want you to post that on the Pod Sequentialism Facebook page and we will pick at random um, one of the um, two of you I guess to uh, to give you tickets to the show and and if you haven't been it's amazing and I'm not just saying that because my name's on the wall well that was a humble brag Uh, my name's on the wall twice oh bragged again uh, in the back room where the comics and, and horror magazines are um, because they borrowed some stuff from uh, my friend Christopher Sapp and I and um, and as facilitated by um, Gaston Dominguez the owner of uh, Meltdown Comics and Collectibles so um, stay tuned you're going to hear a little message from somebody who uh, wants your money and uh, who we support by allowing them to advertise on the show and I'll be right back with my guest Mr. Jeffrey Golden Cool. I'll do it right now. Hello, Pod Sequentialism listeners. This is your host, Matt Kennedy, and I have a special gift for you. We're going to be raffling off two tickets for LACMA's Guillermo del Toro at Home with Monsters exhibition for November. And you can get into this raffle by subscribing to Meltdown Newsletter and by subscribing to Pod Sequentialism on iTunes. And we're going to qualify you, so you have to take a screen cap of your subscription to Pod Sequentialism on iTunes, and you have to post it on our Facebook page. So look for Pod Sequentialism with Matt Kennedy on Facebook and add us as a friend and follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. You don't have to do all three to join the contest, but you do have to post on our wall on Facebook and you may win tickets to see the Guillermo del Toro exhibition, which is awesome. Okay, great. Love it. Hello and welcome back to Pod Sequentialism. I am, of course, your host, Matt Kennedy, and we have a special guest today. Our special guest, of course, is Jeffrey Golden, host of Two Packs a Week and also the publisher of The Devastator Press. That's right, yes. So uh, Amanda and I were, or Amanda Meadows and I were uh, two partners, and mm-hmm. we, um, years ago, so this was... I'm glad you separated that, because otherwise Amanda could be this this just persona shift. right. Yes, you're, like, you're saying like Fight I, Club. Oh, right. Like I am a, I yes. am a, I am Amanda's angry pointing <laughs> finger, or I am Amanda's very talented uh, writing, or I am Amanda's illustrative style. The uh, no, she. That's really deep. That's too deep. No one's gonna get that. I know. I I 
I got it immediately. <laughs> I had that embarrassing Fight Club poster up on my dorm room wall for sure. Which bar of soap did you have? Uh, I had the ooh. Dial. There were five different um, Fight Club poster slogans that had the Fight Club soap. I, I actually have every so. single. They're all pink soaps, but um, there were different um, expressions below the bar of soap uh. that said different things. I had all all five of those, and the two personality posters, and the one with both Norton and um, oh man, and um, Mr. Jolie, Brad Pitt. You yes. did it. You did it. I think I still have them in a tube. They're probably going to maintain that tube shape for eternity <laughs> because it's been a few years now. Maybe until maybe they get to get on eBay. Some film student from a from a specific yeah. era will want them. These are all double sided too. These are all the lightbox posters. Oh shit! And they're rolled. Those are the good ones. Yep. Those are the good ones. But I digress. So you and your partner Amanda. Yeah, we started a publishing company seven years ago. Mm-hmm. We uh, we were both writers, uh, internet comedy writers, and mm-hmm. uh, I had written for Cracked and National lampoon and she had written for mcsweeney's and college humor and we were getting a little sick of like how the internet was how the internet works that's kind of like that's (laughs) kind of like a collaboration between the entertainment reporter for the star (laughs) working with um I don't know, the poet laureate of right. Wales. Yeah, she's the, she, those two ranges. She's classier. She's classier. <laughs> oh, the, I, uh, I was going to say that that, no, no, I was going to reverse <laughs> it, but no, it's true. No, nothing tops McSweeney's when it comes to class. Yeah, the Paris the, Review, perhaps. <laughs> but yes. The, um, yeah, so true. The, um, so yeah, we, we, we started this come. So basically, we were just tired of our stuff like being up online for like a minute and Mm -hmm. like people reading it for like a minute and then it like disappearing forever Mm -hmm. and we we were both oh but nothing goes away online no that's not true the things that it gets a lot harder to find the things that go away online are the things that like you are proud of that you like are really that you think like oh this was so cool that i made this like let me see if i can google it and find it nope it's not there but like a picture of you mooning someone at a party like that will be every time of somebody googles you for your resume that will always be present pride is fleeting shame is eternal shame is eternal there we go the internet has like hashtag shame is eternal (laughs) hashtag shame is eternal the, the 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 internet has like made that has like turned that phrase into like the a real like a, an actual like technology re, technological reality. Yes, it's crazy. It's insane. Yes. So yeah, so we both loved books. Like that mm-hmm. was something we had in common. I was, I realized later. I always thought it was like a terrible reader growing up, but it actually wasn't true. I read a lot, but it was just humor books, and those mm-hmm. don't count. So like in school, I'm, I'm gonna say they do count because I mean they count. As adults, like now they count, but like as a kid, if you're like, <laughs> not just I as do your my... life currency. I mean, that, that it's, it is valid that like Mad Magazine and Cracked, like when we were growing up, Cracked had, had kind of gone away a little bit, but right. Cracked is back hard. Like Cracked is it's amazing. Completely, it's completely different. I know the people who, who uh, revitalized it, and it's completely different than what it was. They're like before. John Oliver. I mean, they're like yeah. really sophisticated this now. Is, this is very true, especially yeah. after. I mean, they've been they've been uh, sophisticated for 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 years now. Uh, Matt is still amazingly like exactly as it was sophomoric. Like we'll say, yeah. Yes. But I mean, that's that's what that people love charm. about it. That's yeah. what's his charm. But um, but no, like if you go in, if you're like, hey, I want to do my book report on you know Jerry Seinfeld sign language, like it's not gonna happen. Like you got to mm-hmm. be reading Things Fall Apart, you know. Yeah. 
And that was my experience was just like I didn't want to read depressing stuff. I wanted to read like happy stuff and, and funny stuff primarily. Mm-hmm. And, and I did. I read a lot of st- a lot of stuff like that. And so we decided to start a publishing company. And it began as a quarterly like comics and comedy magazine. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like the old National Lampoon from the 70s, but with like a geekier twist. So we did um, every issue had like a different theme. So we did a fantasy issue and we had a, a space epic issue. And uh, we did 13 of those collections. Yeah. And basically from there, we got the talent together. Mm-hmm. And then we spun off and we started making humor books and making these individual humor books. You, and that's where we've actually found a lot of, of success. So you just reminded me of something that I also haven't thought of in longer than I haven't thought of Brian Stoughton. And it's that I actually tried to do a book report in the fifth grade on Lenny Bruce's How to Talk Dirty and Influence People. Amazing. And did, my, you, did you write it or did they? Did... My, my teacher refused to let me do it. <laughs> and instead, I ended up doing Madeline LaAngle's A Wrinkle in Time. Right, exactly. Which I hadn't read at that point. And so I had to stay up and read this book. And I went to school like at 12 o'clock the next day. Mm-hmm. My mom let me pretend to be sick and stay home for the morning so I could finish my book report so I wouldn't get an incomplete. But I sort of felt like I deserved the extra time because I wanted to do my book report in this Lenny Bruce book and which I also had not read yet right you know to be completely honest but I had for some reason had my heart set on I think I saw someplace ran thank you mask man like on television oh my god like and I I think it was on a PBS channel and I remember watching that and I was like oh like it was interstitially placed between like an episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus and Nova or something exactly where a boy of 10 would find it and and then I ended up doing you know the the fantasy book and I still like I I wrote that book report I never finished the book so the book report is like and if you want to find out more you'll have to read oh amazing you got did you get away you didn't get away I got away with it I got a B on that paper that's incredible but I honestly felt that I love a book report that like is like teases what the (laughs) like the book it's like the first half of this book is excellent if you want to know what happens next teacher like finish reading which now would would totally be oh yeah as teacher is like oh you did a very good job psyching me up for this book that yeah. I already read. Like it was a triumph of marketing. Yes, <laughs> that book report. Was, you know, with the other ET came out, like six different kids did book reports on ET, and all of them were completely different. Book reports on what the novelization of ET? Apparently, a picture book about ET, uh, the sticker book of well, ET. I, they they did the the movie novelization. Great. And someone had actually read the original book that became. The book, which is completely different someone, than the movie. Someone did a report on the video game. On well, the, the, infamous, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Atari video game. That was that would be a long. I mean that <laughs> that, that and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I think was a worse game actually. Yeah. A much more difficult, much more frustrating, worse game than ET, except that you could kind of tell that it was the Lost Ark as opposed to the really weird looking thing that was supposed to be ET. Like a penis or something. It looks like something. a like a, it's like a bent penis kind of thing. It, it, it was looked, gross. It, it looked like a racer head. Yeah. It looked like the baby from a racer head. Yeah, it looked like an organ. <laughs> yeah, it looked like an organ that had left your body. Just a liver. Like you cut it a out bad liver. liver. Yeah, a bad liver. Yeah. Just like cut it out and then like it's floating around. Yeah. <laughs> falling into pits for some reason. <laughs> Book reports. I mean, now like that, that whole scenario is something you'd expect to see. In a Zach Galifianakis movie, right? It's right. like where where he's trying to get a job in a newspaper, and he writes an article like he wrote a book report when he was in fourth grade. Like <laughs> there was a crime last night on the corner of Second and Main, and somebody was shot. And if you want to find out who, you have to turn to page forty-two. <laughs> but um, 
I digress once more. So, um, well, you're going to have an event with us at La Luz. That's right. So we're having a book launch. I, mm-hmm. I wrote to, so we're, the Devastator, we're a collective. We're a collective yeah. of comedians and folks. From- we're a huge fan of collectives. I'm wearing my In Decline shirt right now that oh, says look fuck at that. Trump on it. So. Oh, look at that, yeah. that shirt. That is an amazing shirt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, like we're a comedy collective, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, so you know we're all from like, folks from The Daily Show, The mm-hmm. Onion, Adult Swim, Marvel Comics, all making books together. Mm-hmm. And uh, my book is coming out. It's uh, called Dream It, Screw It. Yep. It's uh, thirty years of rejected Disney park ideas. So this by is, uh, by Dip Disney. Dip Disney. Dip Disney is Walt's idiot drunk cousin. And uh, he gets this job at Imagineering for life mm-hmm. um, because he's Walt's cousin and because yep. he saved his cousin from a bear attack when they were uh, when they were river playing boys back in uh, back in Missouri. And he's the biggest screw up. He has terrible ideas, but mm-hmm. they can't fire him. So he has over 7000 ideas, none of which are ever made. Right. So the book is it's fully illustrated mm-hmm. by amazing cartoonists like. Folks uh, like Shingen Kor, Alan Trinidad, Eisner Award winner, um, uh, Reed Saltis, who's the toast of SPX mm-hmm. right now, uh, uh, Mark Palm, who did The Intruder, which is a, an amazing Seattle comics newspaper. Right, and right. And so there's just these awesome towns and all... It was easy to get him on board because it was like, hey, you want to pretend to be an Imagineer? And it's like, yes, who doesn't? Like, we all want to pretend I to be I could hook you up with a couple people who are disgruntled former Imagineers. Oh, I would love to. I'd love to show them the book. Yeah. I'd love to get yeah. their response. That's yes. really funny. The uh, Maybe get some blurbs from them. Yeah. <laughs> the, that's, I did a lot of research doing writing the book because I wanted it to feel like yeah, it wasn't just like a book of dumb jokes. Like, I wanted it to tell the story of not just Dip's life, but mm-hmm. also the story of Disneyland and mm-hmm. the story of those parks. So there's ideas that would feel at home in like 1960s Disney versus like ideas for Pleasure Island in the right. 90s or 80s, 90s, you know, or MGM Studios. Plato's so. Pleasure Island <laughs> the, in the uh, Florida Keys. It's uh, the one that we did was uh, was Get Off My Lawn. Mm-hmm. It's a nightclub that takes place on an old man's lawn. And uh, so all the kids are like dancing on the lawn, and the and the old man is like polishing his shotgun on the porch with like a <laughs> thing. And occasionally he shoots the shotgun in the air, and it's like fireworks. And there's a mystery hose that has different types it's of alcohol. It's a t-shirt gun. <laughs> it's That'd a t-shirt gun. Yeah. The um yeah, there's a mystery hose where you can uh, get you don't know what it is. It's a bar shot. It's a rail shot. It's a a rail shot. It's a mystery rail shot. Yeah, Yeah. you have no idea what it is, but you just have to put your mouth on it and guzzle it. Yeah, these were the kinds of ideas that Dip came up with. The haunted Mansons, where the Charles Manson and his crew uh, come to the uh, the haunted mansion, take over the haunted mansion. Uh, The Hindenburg Sky Resort. Uh, a blimp hotel that pretends to crash every night. You yes. know, he had a fl- that, was, that 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 feeds two separate kind of Disney lores. You know, everybody's belief that Walt was a Nazi sympathizer, and the idea of it being a very bad ride. Yes, yeah. this is very true. He has my uh, my aunt uh, was a, was a kid when Disney came out, and they they got to go to Disneyland, mm-hmm. and she was like, she was like a Jewish looking kid and he I don't remember exactly the story but he was like very very like she was like this adorable little Jewish girl mm-hmm. and Walt Disney when she asked for his autograph she, she he was like super rude to her wow. he was like go like go away little girl yeah. <laughs> like, I had I had a similar experience with Willie Mays actually at a, at a really 
at a baseball card convention, like when I was 12 or 13, and asked him for an autograph, and he told, and he was like, "No," <laughs> as he continued signing autographs for um, other people. Wow, not he, white boys so asking him for autographs. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. These celebrities, you never know when somebody's gonna be weirdly yeah. racist. Yeah, you just see them, just just see them making theme parks or yeah. you know hitting fly balls. Well, it's, it's funny. <laughs> you don't think like, oh, what if that guy was racist? Well, we, we touched on um, when, when Carl was on, um, you know, a week or two ago, and we started talking, Carl is, is on, on the TV show Ballers, and we started talking about steroids and stuff, and I think it's really funny that like the guys that are considered like the absolute greatest players before the steroid era, and, and clearly Willie Mays would be one of these guys, right. they were all on red juice. <laughs> and red juice was a totally like like a steroid type thing. It was like it was a drink that not everybody took, and it was a a performance enhancing beverage. It was basically methamphetamine. Oh, great! They yeah. were on meth. Yeah, yeah. That's so, but he's like, oh, I don't know what it was. They gave it, they gave it to me to drink, so I just drank it. And he, I saw him say this, and this was not when I was a kid. This was obviously quite recently, and um. And it was like, maybe it was Hank Aaron too. I think Hank Aaron was talking about it. And he was sort of like defending his real record. And then it's like, but dude, you were doing the same thing. It was just, they called it different stuff in the day. Also, I will say this though. Red juice is like a Popeye cartoon thing. It's like, it's like, it's, I don't know what it is exactly, but right. if it is just like literally like red juice, like <laughs> that sounds like, that sounds like it's something that you would take it and you would drink it. It was it not Hawaiian like, punch. It wasn't Hawaiian, no. <laughs> it, it was, it was not, you Were know. They in, was it like something? No one in, yelled, oh yeah, and jumped through a, a brick wall. <laughs> oh, well, maybe after be, they drank it. That'd be cool. But, hey, um. Hey, you want a Hawaiian hit better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, uh, but like with the with you know with like steroids and so you're like injecting it like you know it's wrong yeah like yeah. you can like the act of doing but it I mean, feels you know, like feels wrong as opposed to just like taking a drink it's like oh it's like a sports drink or whatever but you know? laudanum which was basically liquid heroin was something that you drank you know right. it, you know unless you were a lunger you know back in in the 19th century and certainly you know people drink morphine and they and they right. drink stuff so I mean it's like narcotics come in many different shapes and sizes and you can you could you could make the argument I think. <laughs> be wrong <laughs> that the needle makes it automatically worse and maybe you're right i don't it's, know it's, i don't know i don't know something that, really ooky and, and yeah, disturbing about it i don't think it makes it like morally worse i right. just think it's like it's like the oh, optics physically of, it's like it's the just, optics of it like you're like oh, like oh you're injecting something inside yeah, of you oh yeah. you're clearly doing something wrong yeah like this is a bad thing that you're doing yeah like, it would be weird if there was like performance enhancing smokables that would be really 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 bizarre yeah. and like remember they they took the gold medal away from like a canadian um snowboarder or something because he smoked pot the night before oh, crazy. it's like wouldn't that make it harder <laughs> i know like you you should give them second medal the yeah you yeah, should give them another medal. medal for being able to do that well now now we're gonna bust open some packs yeah let's do it let's do it what do we got we cool. remind everybody what we have here well let's i don't think we've introduced the packs here we've got oh that's uh, right i we teased let's we do teased. let's do one let's do one or the other here okay we've got two different gorilla themed packs here do you want uh congo the movie trading Ooh. cards or do you want a uh, here's Bo, uh Bo derrick photos by john derrick Absolutely going here is Bo. Yeah, I think it's Fleer. It's it is Fleer. What year is that? This is probably eighty. I'm gonna guess 81, 82. Let's Gotta see. be right. Eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah. This is on. Tar- I think these were the Tarzan. Uh, these were like the yeah. Tarzan. Yeah. So this is what we do on. on she was naked picks. in that. Ooh, was she? 
I think so. Do you need like a Laserdisc version to like find it, or is it it's just like an obvious like? Maybe she wouldn't know. I guess that was after Bolero. She's na- was she naked Bolero in Tarzan too? Bolero is the oh she's been probably naked in all of her movies. Yeah, ten. Is she, is she naked, naked in, in 10? ten? No, she's not. I remember it's a being. Swimsuit. It's a swimsuit. It's yeah, a swimsuit. Everybody I was sorely like... disappointed in that. All right, here I'm going to open the pack into the like. This is what we do to prove. Oh, the, the sound. Packs. We got to get that sound here. Oh, yeah. Wax packs. These days you can just peel them right open. Here's the here's the dreaded the gum. gum. Are you gonna eat it? Don't eat the gum. Why not? The gum is really bad. Come on. It's Clear like gun was ne- was never good anyways, but. Do you want it? I think I'm gonna have to do this. Yeah, do it. All right, do so it, everybody, man. this. I'm is... warning you. It's no. It's wait, it's wait. Not I'm, good. I'm gonna bang this against my knuckle. You hear that? It's that, hard. That, that is Fleer bubble gum from 1981. It still has that white powdery, not sugary stuff. Um, I'm going to put it in my mouth. I, I'm going to tell you, we've had three or four people do it. Yep. They have all like immediately wanted to vomit. To vomit? Not vomit, uh, but they got it. They'll want to. You'll want to take it out of your mouth. It. It's gonna. It's gonna go bad. Let me get a container. <laughs> wow, this is this is getting heavy. It's tough. It's uh, listen, we've we're this is we're pretty well experienced here. So one thing, uh, one thing we've got here that's pretty interesting is we've got a poster. This comes with like a really thin right. poster. Oh my God, you're right. right you did you it, did you taste a little bit of it? Do it. Yeah, right. So it just liquefies wow. into uh, into chemicals. It actually tastes just like the cards. Yeah, it just tastes like you're eating cards. Cardboard. It really, it tastes exactly like cardboard. Well, I imagine after, what? Okay, so it's 81, so. It tastes like the earth smells around Halloween when you're raking leaves in your yard <laughs> in Massachusetts. After, oh, transport me. After 30-some years of the gum Good being God. right next to a card, I imagine it has absorbed some of its flavor. That, that is my, that, the sound of my tongue scraping against my teeth. That was kind of amazing. All right, now what if I told you that this pack of cards is came just, with a wow. poster of, of came with a poster of Bo Derek? Would you be this. well? Hold on a second. If I if I said that, what would you expect to see? They say this is this comes comes with a poster of Bo Derek. So what do you weren't expecting there twelve? Did, weren't there twelve different posters you could get? There was twelve different posters you could get. There's a bunch of different posters you could get in these packs. But what would you expect this poster to look like? Like what would you I mean, I would hope it's a, it's like a beautiful, almost naked photograph of, of Bodera. Yeah, that's that's what you would want. Here here she is. It's a poster of her and uh, some guy uh, far away, fully clothed in the raft with like a bunch of native peoples on a on a river. There's like a hut in the background. This. this is like this. if I was like a Bo Derek, you know, worshiping kid, I would be super frustrated with this poster. <laughs> be like, this will not help me masturbate at all. There's a piebald man. He's half black and half white, painted down the middle. There's a guy with a green mask on in front of him, and apparently there's another dude with a green mask who's cut off by the edge of this particular part of the poster. So I guess you put all of these together. I'm hoping, and it makes one bigger poster, because otherwise this is just terribly cropped. Yeah, it's terribly cropped. It's probably part of a two-part poster, but honestly, like, would you want either part? Like, would you want the other part? This is a really poor choice. You know, I think I had this card. I'm almost positive I got this in a sample pack for Halloween once. Oh, that's so funny. Isn't it the, so on the back? So that we, we describe it for the uh, for the viewers so they know the. There's the... a photograph of a dude that looks like Miles O'Keefe, and it probably is, uh, with um, 
an orangutan with its arm around him, and Bo Derek is to the other side of him, so they all fit cropped into a a portrait-style photograph, and it says, One Big Happy Family, and it's got the Here's Bo logo, <laughs> and this is card number 66 of 72. I've got uh, I've got a card that I think is the kind of card that somebody who was buying these packs was was hoping for. The uh, well, you've got an interesting one there with them. Th- this one is a uh, Bo Derek. She is uh, it's called exercising on California Beach, and she her legs are spread super wide open. She's wearing a bathing suit that's skin colored with like a big baggy. Uh, sweatshirt over it and it's sort of like a candid shot like she doesn't know that the uh, that they're looking at it but like this is like I think what people are expecting when they're getting God the color reproduction is so terrible in that card too. yeah I know it's so weird her skin is like kind of purplish yeah um, on the back it says the life story of Bo Derek while filming Pirate Annie Bo's sister Carrie 18 is staying in Hollywood to run the office Bo and Carrie communicate daily by teletype Wait, but is this is this this is not this is Bo, right? That's the beginning of my letter to the penthouse forum. Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> Bo and Kenny were oh. staying late to uh, to staying late at Hollywood office. I, I gotta do this one next. This is uh here's Bo. Great. Card number seventy of seventy two. This is three from the end. And the photograph is Bo uh, standing sideways, but it's a, just really a headshot. She's wearing a very colorful hat and she's she's got that bow look and a smile. But this is for Adam, who um, Adam was originally the producer of the podcast, and he now lives in Switzerland. And this says vacationing in Switzerland. <laughs> and the back is, again, nothing. It's like this red and white It's probably thing. part of a puzzle piece that you're supposed to put together. But these are, yeah, it's almost, it looks, it looks like, like nautical flags. Yeah, nautical flags. Or I was going to say maybe it was like a piece of a... Of a um, of a Rothko or something like that. It looks like pretty nondescript to just blank colors. I've got one of, uh, it's, oh boy. So this is, yeah, this is during, these must have been filmed during the, taken during the making of Tarzan, uh, her Tarzan movie. So it's, she's in the, it's like a faraway shot. She's in the water. Uh, it looks like she's got like a dress on, but she's like being splashed by water. Uh, and then the, there's a dude next to her who must be Tarzan who was like, super ripped and tall like crazy crazy eight pack eight pack i want to say and it says burr the water is cold i think i have the next card in that sequence what card number is that that card is card story card number 14 of 16 oh wow well um i'm I'm gonna chastise you for not reading the card number of that here's Bo exercising on the california beach it was card number 69 of 72 <laughs> you blew it oh no but um I have 67 of 72 is the second sequence of that particular, I guess, um, film scenes. Oh, and this is story card 13 of 16. Which one was yours? Mine was 14 of 16. And on the front card, what card number is it? I think it's this. this yeah. Oh, number 68 of 72. So this is the one before it. Oh, okay, great. All and right. this has that same Bo and Miles O'Keefe or whoever walking with the orangutan near the edge of the beach. And and in the back, the life story of Bo Derek. Next movie was Change of Seasons with Shirley MacLaine. After much soul searching and a painful actor strike, the Derricks decided to do a fantasy in the jungle. <laughs> Yeah, this one, I guess this was another one. Now that the Jungle movie already is a big success, Bo and John are off to Yugoslavia to make another movie, Pirate Annie. 
So were they just making like eight? Were they making like eight movies at the same time? It seems like that's what they're saying. It's like we did this shoot and it was like in a beach or a jungle somewhere. And like we shot like eight different. There's like eight different movies. Well, also story card number 15 of 16 and it's um, card number 47 of 72. Just has a picture of her. Um, it's, it's another headshot. And it looks like she's got a corn cob coming on the top right <laughs> of her head, left side of her head. But um, you flip it around. And uh, life story of Bo Derek. While filming Pirate Annie, Great. Bo's sister Carrie, 18, is staying in Hollywood to run the office. Bo and Carrie communicate daily by teletype. Wait, that's the exact same The exact copy. same back, yeah. That's the exact same copy. While filming Pirate Annie, Bo's sister Carrie, yeah. That's so weird. I've never seen that before. Maybe they're, um, a, maybe it's, it's a mismatch of front and back of card. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it has to be. That's wild. That is crazy. That's a weird, that's a weird mistake. Wow. The, the, okay, so maybe these are all mismatched. Because look, okay, this one says, okay, this one is a picture of her riding on top of an elephant. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like sitting on this this giant elephant and it says the jungle taxi, card number 45 of 72. But when you flip it over, it says... Oh no! This is this must be right. The next movie was Change of Seasons with Shirley MacLaine, which is identical Wait, to the other one. Yeah. After much soul searching as a painful actress, try- yeah, I thought this was the same copy that Derek decided to do a fantasy in the yeah. jungle. That's so weird. What a weird, crazy mistake. Somebody at Flair is fired. This is crazy. This is another one. Now that here's Bo. It's a picture of her with like a towel over her head and it says, okay, snap the shutter. I guess it's making a joke like maybe she's not ready to take a picture. I don't know. Right. But the but the back says, now that the Jungle movie already is a big success, Bo and John are off to Yugoslavia to make another movie, Pirate Annie, an action fantasy adventure for the 18th century. Pirate. They just use there's the same There's only like three copy. card backs. Yeah. There's only like three different, uh, there's only like three different things they put for each card. Damn you, Svengali Productions, Inc. That is, that is, oh, well. Uh, Damn you, Stanford Bloom Enterprises. This is, this is, oh yes, Fleer, but. Fleer should have been watching. Fleer should have been watching this a little bit closer. I think you you are looking at how the the design of that pack is, right? That's like some of the worst. Pa- well, actually, you know what? Most wax packs have really terrible wax pack design. Well, and here's the other thing too. It's like here's Bo photos by. I mean, it's definitely like the thing you want if you're buying Bo Derek trading cards in yeah. 1981. It should all be the ten poster. Right. It should all be the ten poster. It's like here's the ten poster. You got the ten poster. You've got a Bolero very European cover. Right. You know? She's like lying down on a on a you know on a pillow or something <laughs> yep. like a fancy pillow. Like they, I think they got these super wrong. Yeah. But I, I've never seen cards that recycle the back copy. On uh, multiple, multiple cards, cards in within the especially within the same pack. Not these even are crazy, but these are crazy busted. Yeah, these cards. That's in that is an insane mistake. You remember the "You'll Die Laughing" cards, which are the great monster horror cards? No, I don't think I, I, I no, but I'm gonna track them down. Oh, those are those are dope. I though I collected those really hardcore too. Um, you know, my birthday's two weeks before Halloween, so I would always you know I would assimilate my birthday and joy and presents with, with Halloween. So I collect a lot of monster <laughs> stuff. And um, and those cards were like these great shots from classic Universal and even silent era films. And then all the way up into like the 50s, there was like 
you know, Creature with the Atom Brain, I think, was in them, too. And um, Invasion of the Saucer Man, I remember that, because those were <laughs> freaky looking. Like, I'd never seen anything like that. And most of them you could see on the Creature Double feature on Saturday, like, over time. But there were some that were just super weird. And what was crazy is that I remember once, I think the same joke was on both cards, but they were from two different sets. <laughs> like, there was the, you know, Series 1 and Series 2 or something like that. I also don't remember if those actually had bubblegum. And there was a really terrible drawing of, like, Boris Karloff as Frankenstein on the cover, and it said, you'll die laughing in this amazing, terrible horror font. But, um, well, I, you know what? We're going to draw it at one at one pack because this isn't two packs. Right. This, this is, is a guest appearance. That's right. That's right. So, so we're going to tease, tease that out. We're going to have to resume this. I'm going to have to go on your show. You bet. You to, bet you are. To open a second pack of cards. We're going to do it. Awesome. We're going to get that done. You heard it here first. Well, we're going to call it a day. We want to thank you for tuning in. And should we tell them that uh, they should come to the La Luz Gallery? Yes. Well, we're, we're going to give you some some social media shout outs first. Yes. Oh, great. I love those, uh, I love those shout outs. <laughs> I need those shout outs. Where, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on the Twitter at Jeffrey Golden, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y, G-O-L-D-E-N. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, and two packs a week is T-W-O, packs a week, and that's on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And when you appear in October at La Luz de Jesus Gallery, it's going to be on what date? It's going to be on October 15th. Which is a? Which is a Saturday mm-hmm. from uh, 7 to 10 p.m., mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be. I'm going to be signing the book, Dream It, Screw It, the Disney parody book. Mm-hmm. There's uh, also we're also going to have Dana Snyder from Aqua Teen Hunger Force and the right, Drunk yeah. on Disney podcast, and he's going to be uh, guest hosting. We're going to do a presentation on the life of Dip Disney as uh, as part of the signing event. So it should be a lot of fun. And then afterwards, we're all going to go bar hopping out in Los Feliz. <laughs> we're going to start at Covell across the street. We're going to go down to. Um, Good luck, Bar. <laughs> and then if if we have any energy left in us, we'll hit Tiki T. We're gonna we gotta do. I think we gotta do Tiki T first in honor of Disney. Actually, gonna have to it's Tiki T first. Tiki 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 Room, yeah. <laughs> but there's also because that place gets so crowded. That's that you right. You gotta get in there early. And they can uh, and they can if they can't come to the event, they can pick up the book. It's gonna be a yep. wacko. People can order and they can pre-order signed copies. That's right. Uh, there will be other for people gonna go to the signing in person. There's gonna be a whole line of Devastator Press stuff, so it's not just gonna be the book that's coming out. That's that day. right. We're going to have uh, an amazing uh, group of books uh, by uh, Kenny Kyle from Mad Magazine, his book, mm-hmm. Stay at Home Scarface, uh, mm-hmm. Amanda Meadows, my partner, she wrote a book called uh, We Don't Think You're Racist. That's mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be all the Devastator classics uh, will be uh, will be there on display. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a celebration of all things devastating. And lewd. And lewd and crude, dude. <laughs> so thanks again, everybody. Um, we'll we'll we'll. We'll podcast at you again in one week's time. Um, As we said before, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast and the Meltdown newsletter. Take a screen cap of you subscribing, and you'll be entered into the raffle to win two tickets for Guillermo del Toro's At Home with Monsters at LACMA. Until next time, I am your host, Matt Kennedy. You have been listening to and enjoying Pod Sequentialism. Hello, this is Matt Kennedy from Pod Sequentialism. And um, what many many of you may know that I, I do run a gallery in Los Angeles called La Luz de Jesus Gallery. 
And what you may not know is that it's inside Wacko, which is probably the greatest center of pop culture in the world. And it may sound like hyperbole, it's not. Um, you can, if you don't want to trust my judgment, you can listen to people like Kevin Smith, uh, James Gunn, uh, David Mack, um, all of whom will swear that uh, one of their favorite places on earth is uh, Wacko, the shop that houses La Luz de Jesus Gallery. Um, whether it's blind box toys or little tchotchkes or art books, it pretty much is the place that you can get all of your Christmas shopping done for every possible annoying person to buy for that you can imagine. They've got everything, and I highly recommend that you visit them. You can visit them online at soapplant.com. You can visit the gallery at laluzdejesus.com, and that's spelled L-A-L-U-Z-D-E-J-E-S-U-S.com. Check them out and tell them Matt Kennedy sent you.